The following sermon was preached at Christ Fellowship United Methodist Church in San Antonio, Texas. Parables, you know, are kind of a, a lesson in a story. And uh, they're usually fun attention getters when we hear the parables uh, that Jesus told. And uh, most of the time, they aren't too hard to understand. And that's kind of the point. They, they help to clarify uh, certain concepts. Here with this parable of the sower, uh, it may have been a little bit more difficult. Jesus goes on uh, in verse 18. We hear he actually explains the parable that he just told about rocky soil and uh, hard soil and all of that. Uh, and of course, fertile soil. Uh, as he begins this parable, he says a sower went out to sow. In other words, a, a farmer went out to plant. Now, my dad is a farmer, uh, and I grew up on a farm, and, and my dad has a tractor, and he pulls this big, or as my son, he's a tractor. My son uh, says, when he was little, tractor. That's, that's what he said, tractor. So it's hard to say tractor these days without going tractor. So anyway, my dad has a tractor, and he pulls this planter with it, a big planter, and it's kind of intricate. He puts seeds in these big hoppers, and, 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 and one little thing goes along and, and pushes the soil out, and then the seeds drop, and then another one comes behind and pushes the soil on top of that. It's a pretty, uh, pretty technical process today. But in Jesus' day, they, went a, they planted a little bit different. They didn't have tectors. Um, so... In Jesus' day, they planted more like if you've ever seen someone or, or, or fed chickens yourself, you know, they, they, they sowed seed just kind of, they had a seed bag and they would sow seed by just scattering the seed about. It's not a very efficient method of planting. See, you waste a lot of seed doing that. Some falls on hard ground and it can't take root. Some falls on rocky ground and it withers and, and some gets choked out by the weeds and never really gets a, a chance to, to grow, but some gets uh, in the ground in, in good soil, and it grows, and it produces a harvest. Now often, when we tackle this parable, when, when we preach on, on this particular parable, we go into analyzing the ground. What kind of ground are you? Are you rocky ground or hard ground or got a lot of weeds, you know, sin in your life? Or are you fertile ground? Well, rather than deciding what kind of ground we are today or the kind of ground we want to be, I want to do something a little bit different with this parable uh, this morning. What I want to do is focus on the farmer. So after, see, planting planting all this seed, the farmer plants all this seed, knowing that much of it never going to grow. The harvest, though, was still plentiful. Think about the, the seeds that you sow every day or over a week or over your lifetime, how much you do that seems to be a waste of time. Now, I know um, some of you have, have met our oldest daughter, Afton. Um, she's, she's grown, so she hasn't been here a whole lot. Uh, she's a, a civil engineer in Houston, 
Um, and y'all have heard me brag on our, our younger two, Sarah and Ethan, and their athletic accomplishments in basketball and football and tennis. They were even a, in a tennis tournament yesterday and did very well um, and, and won their divisions. All that You've heard me talk about their accomplishments athletically. But Afton, Afton's a little bit of a different story. Uh, see, when she was in junior high, uh, her basketball coach told us that she'd never seen anyone work so hard to accomplish so little. <laughs> well, the truth of the matter is, by her sophomore year, she actually ended up being a starter on the varsity, was named the district MVP, and went on to achieve all state honors. She didn't get discouraged by some of the things, some of the, some of the, uh, things that were in her way, some of this discouraging things. She just kept working at these things. And for her, the harvest was certainly plentiful. Sometimes when, when we don't see things going our way or, uh, you know, we'll sit back and, and uh, after we've met up with several roadblocks and say, well, what's, what's the use, you know? Um, for example, why do I preach 15 to 20 minutes every week when I know the average attention span is about three minutes. Is anybody listening? Is it making a difference in anyone's life? Well, I hope so. I, I hope so. I think that's in part the, the point, or at least part of the point of this parable of, of the farmer here, to, to just keep sowing. We have to just keep sowing. We can't get discouraged in inviting people to church. You know, I know that less than 10% of everybody that we invite to church is going to take us up on it. But don't get discouraged. One in 10 just might. We say things like, oh, you know, most of the people I know already go to church, so uh, somewhere, so I don't need to invite those folks. Or, or maybe uh, sometimes this happens, you know somebody that had a bad experience at church, and you don't want to alienate the friendship, so you say, well, I'm not going to bother with that because that could damage our friendship. I'm not going to invite them to church or anything. Or, or I know this person, so-and-so, is so, so busy. Uh, I'll wait till things calm down a little bit before I invite them to church. Or maybe you've already asked nine people, and all nine have said no. But people in sales will tell you that Every time you get a no, you're one no closer to a yes. You can't get discouraged in evangelism or anything else that you do for the Lord that you think might not be producing fruit because some falls rocky, hard, weedy, but some on fertile soil. This parable of the sower should give us hope. Hope that not all the good that we do is in vain. Sometimes it feels like that. But this parable is in part a cautionary note to us to avoid burnout. Burnout, see, doesn't just happen because you're working too much or working too hard. Burnout can happen when we're working so hard, but we are discouraged by the results we see. I think maybe there was a little burnout 
uh, starting to set in as we've worked on building a new campus. Some of you may be visiting here for the first time. We've been in the process of of building an, uh, an entire new church campus for quite some time, since before um, I arrived as pastor at Christ Fellowship. That was already has already been in the works. I hear word, I hear that, that uh, uh, we actually had a groundbreaking about three years ago, and then things kind of seemed to stall for a while after that, for a variety of reasons. I guess you could say that through that process, some of our efforts have fallen on rocky ground, some on hard, some in weeds, but I've also found that some has fallen on fertile ground. We've got some great leaders within this church who have worked very hard through the design process, through the design phase, uh, some who have worked through the financial commitments, some that have given hours and hours consulting with our design-build firm. And guess what? The harvest will be plentiful. As a matter of fact, we are a little bit closer to the harvest than you might realize. Um, we've been here in Braun Hall for several years. Uh, been in Braun Hall since this church began. Uh, it's where we began as a seedling. We've thrived, but seedlings are not meant to remain in their starter containers. Now, I used that analogy a couple of weeks ago about buying a plant at a garden center or somewhere. Braun Hall has been a great place to start a church as a seedling. But in order to fulfill our mission, we must seek out that fertile ground. And I had gone and bought, bought this a few days back. It needs to be watered. Um, but this is, this is what I'm talking about. We, we have to, um, in, order to, in order to grow, we have to remove ourselves from the container that's Braun Hall. And even if you look at this, dry as it is, um, you can see that even, even the roots are pressing up against the sides of the container, seeking out that soil, seeking out that ground in which it needs to be able to be planted and thrive from that point forward. Um, so I want to make an exciting announcement here this morning. We're coming out of the container, uh, of that constricting container that is Brond Hall. Uh, see, a few weeks ago, our administrative council met. We set up some tables over here, and everybody on that council was there, and maybe even a couple of extras uh, showed up for this uh, administrative council meeting. And we, we talked about several things uh, regarding the church at that meeting, and among the things we talked about was Braun Hall. See, our, our lease is actually uh, expired here, and for the last few months, we've been uh, doing some brainstorming as to what's next. And I won't bore you with all the, all the details of the negotiation process and all that, that, all the things that we've talked about with Braun Hall. But when it came down to it, I believe, I believe that, uh, that the Lord has led us in a direction of stepping out in faith. Now, I know you're saying, hey, uh, pastor, um, what's going on? Well, the, the, to go further, I used to have a pastor 
that would say, uh, if, if I'm going to walk on water, I want to know where the stones are to take a step. Um, but I think that's kind of missing the point uh, to what we're talking about here. Our eyes shouldn't be fixed on the stones that we can see to set our feet on. Our eyes should be fixed on Jesus. You remember uh, Matthew 14. We read from Matthew 13, but as we read further in the Scripture, we get to chapter 14, where uh, Jesus asks Peter to step out of the boat and walk on water. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? We're stepping out of the boat here. We're stepping out of the boat as the Lord has commanded us. We're stepping out of Braun Hall on August 27th. That's right. August 27th will be our last worship service here in Braun Hall. I know, it's, it's a little bit bittersweet, uh, but think about it. We're moving into this mission field that we've been called to, where, where we know there is fertile soil, soil that we have been called to plant among. So let's get a little bit closer to our new permanent home. So where are we going exactly, right? That's what you're wondering. Where are we going exactly? Well, our trustees and our leaders are uh, negotiating that now. Uh, they're going to, we've got a couple of different options that we're looking at uh, and, and nailing down. Uh, and you're saying now, what? wait, what? We don't actually have a place yet? But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Friends, this is an exciting time. We're making true, true progress, moving that much closer to our mission field over on Shanefield Road. See, we, we wouldn't be doing any of this if if being planted in fertile soil wasn't imminent. Now, it may be natural to mourn uh, Braun Hall a bit or even worry about leaving the security of the place that we've been for the last several years. But, but the Great Commission is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We know where it is that we have been called to, and we know the mission that we've been called to, and we're answering that call in faith. And best of all, best of all, we know that God is with us always. So getting back to our parable this morning. I know that there are some of you here that have probably wondered if we're really, truly, eventually going to be moving to a new building. Because over the years we've hit so many roadblocks 
We've had some bad luck with contractors. We've battled various municipal and county bureaucracies. We've gotten bad news from the fire marshal at times. Maybe some of you are, are sitting there and, and have at some point maybe even resigned yourselves to saying, well, we're never really going to leave Braun Hall. Why bother getting our hopes up this time? Why bother? Well, because even though some seed falls on rocky ground, some on hard ground, and some in the weeds, some falls on fertile soil and produces a bountiful harvest. God promises a bountiful harvest, an abundant harvest. Now, I want to be clear. This parable isn't just for the church, Christ Fellowship, and where we're moving. Um, it's for us as individuals as well. Primarily, uh, this parable is to encourage our attitudes as we come up against roadblocks or discouraging circumstances, even in our, our personal lives. Some seeds fell by the roadside. Others fell on rocky ground. Others fell among thorns. Others fell on good soil and produced an abundant harvest. Some 100-fold. We've got 24 hours in a day. 24 hours in a day, and at the end of it, most of us are lucky if we can point to one good thing that we accomplished that day. Not for lack of working, but that's just the way it is sometimes. Think about the greatest home run hitters uh, in our lifetime. Babe Ruth led baseball in home runs for many years, but he also led the league in strikeouts. That's right. An oak tree produces tons of acorns. Most of them are going to be eaten by deer or by squirrels, or they're just going to fall in the shade of the tree and never actually take root and become an oak tree. But every now and then, one does. And that one that does, it also produces tons of acorns. Even Jesus in this parable that we read today, it starts off talking about how he went out on this boat because there were so many, crowd, so many in the crowd that came to hear him speak. All those people, all those people in the crowd that heard even Jesus speak that day. How many of those people do you think went right back to living their daily lives just like they did the day before? My guess is probably at least some of them did. And as he sowed, as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked them. But other seeds, other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. In spite of our Obstacles, in spite of the discouragement and things that we come up against from time to time, God prevails. So when you begin to lose hope or feel like you're just spinning your wheels, cling to this parable. Keep sowing 
with the confidence that you are reaching good soil in ways that you might not have ever imagined. Just keep sowing. God bless you. We'd like to invite you to worship with us at Christ Fellowship United Methodist Church in San Antonio, Texas. Check us out on Facebook or visit our webpage at www.cfumcsa.org.